We're dealing with a violent crime, the death of a parent, a potential kidnapping. She and Mary had to fight tooth and nail to get the children back. We've never talked about that before. What's the hook for you? Those are the things that keep me coming back. Hello, welcome to another episode of The Lawyer's Daughter. I'm The Lawyer's Daughter, Kelsey Freese, sitting here with my daddy-o, Steve Freese. What's up, Dad? I'm sad again. <laughs> Dad, I know, I know. But the re- reason that we're sad is because I am leaving back back to L.A. today. We've had a very fun two weeks, though. <laughs> we've, we've had a very, very fun two weeks, and y'all have done a lot. Yeah, I've done absolutely a ton of content. Ole Miss was great to have me down there. That was really fun. And, but the good news is, is that when this video comes out, I should be back here. I hope so. So we're going to time travel. (laughs) Are you allowed to talk about your um, deal with um, the people that work for Barstools? I mean, it's not so much a deal right now, but I did get to meet the guys that, so Old Row is a subsidiary of Barstool and they came down to Oxford and we had a lot of fun, but they did run into some trouble. And I was like, let me see what I can do for you. And so we, we had them over to the tent. We had them into our seats, the game. And we had so much fun. And they were such nice guys. I wish you could have met them. Oh, I would have given anything to have met them. Well, we tried to make an impression that maybe they would want to come back here another time. Because before I got my hands on them, I think they were kind of done with Oxford they had a bad experience and so I was like let let me try to write this I want y'all to have a good time and so now I think they have a different feeling about it they ran into a little red tape at the Grove didn't they? little red tape at the Grove little red tape and they'd been traveling around to all the other SEC schools and I don't think they had any problems they were just giving out shirts and I mean I'm sure causing a little bit of mayhem and that's what they're known for but all in good fun and they they live in New York so I'm hoping that Maybe, I guess, around this time, sometime in November, I'm hoping to go to New York for the UFC fight. And if I do get to do that, then I want to go try to go see the Barstool offices and hang out with them again because they were they were really cool. Right. You told me they were great people. Mm-hmm. And and when I said I would give anything to meet them, I, I did give them my tickets. <laughs> you did give them your tickets. <laughs> I know they sat in our family. I was like, I have my family tickets that we've had forever. I was like... There might be some, might be all white hair over there, but if <laughs> they can they, bring a little life to the 50-yard line. If they sat with our family and still like Ole Miss, then they're good folks. They they are definitely patient now. They they had a lot of fun. Good. And I, yeah, I can't wait to see them again, hopefully. Good. So what's on your mind today? Uh, other than traveling, I'm just like blown away how the seasons, like I just, I feel like while I was here, like last week, it was super summery. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah, it's it's fall time. And so and I guess we're about to jump into the election season or maybe yesterday would have been when the election started here. And I was asking you, I was like, I know we're not doing president this year. So I guess it's like local and government. We, yeah, we have the governor's race going on. And I think we have a, a few local races that went into the second. You have your first primary and then each uh, candidate who wins, whether they're Republican or Democrat, go into the general election in November. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. So who is who do we have on the docket for? I, 
I don't know if Kenny. I don't know if Kenny is uh, uh, has an opponent from the. Uh, That's our sheriff. Right, the sheriff's race. I don't know if he has an opponent or not, but I think he does. Yeah. And I think we might have for some of our local clerk races at the courthouse, and of course the big one here is for the governor. Yeah. Um, uh, Brandon Presley's the Democratic nominee, and um, Tate Reeves is the Republican. Do you know? Do you know either of them? I do. I do. I know both of them. You don't have to say, but do you have a strong opinion one way or the other of who wins? Uh, not, not a really strong opinion. Uh, I'm, I'm normally apolitical. Yeah. Uh, some of them's policies I like. Some I don't like. And uh, hopefully, uh, whichever side wins, they will be more moderate in their governing. Mm, okay. Do does. That level of government, like the governor of Mississippi, does that heavily affect anything that you do with work? Uh, not really. Uh, the The governor uh, has the power of vetoing certain laws uh, promulgated by the legislature. But normally, no. Normally, the, the governor doesn't affect my business. Gotcha. Do you go down there a lot? Have to go to Jackson a lot? I don't. Uh, I used to go a lot more than I do. I think the next time I will go there uh, will be around the uh, turn of the year. I've got an argument before the Mississippi Supreme Court, and that's where they have it in oh, Jackson. Oh, wow. So that's like big time. It is, but it, it, it uh, you know, when you're younger, it is uh, almost overwhelming. But after you've been there a few times, you realize judges are people, too. Yeah. And uh, you just follow the rules and argue your case. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. I've been before to the to the Capitol, and I remember thinking it was really like a it was it's a beautiful Capitol building. Yeah. The Capitol building is separate from the um, where we have the Supreme Court arguments. Uh, one of the ways to tell when you're aging like me is when you see buildings down there and they're named for people that you knew <laughs> yeah. and that happens to me no way yes because one of the buildings is the carol garden building and uh carol garden was uh a uh, seatmate of my mother in the legislature oh wow yeah that's really cool well talking of big cases I think that it's a good time for us. And I know a lot of people who saw our first episode, and we did our first episode on your Mary Winkler trial, one of your big cases. So if you haven't seen that episode, go back and watch that. But this, I thought, or we had talked about, would be interesting to kind of do a, a secondary follow-up because so much, of course, happened in that trial and in that case and thereafter that we couldn't possibly like get through all of it. And we were really getting through our personal experiences in that episode. But... A lot of interesting, a lot of interesting stuff happened post major trial or the first trial because she, there were children involved. Guys, I'm so excited. We have our first sponsor. It's actually my brother Paxton Farise and his group, the Farise Group. Your partner in retirement. Can you imagine? years of hard work and savings, and now you're worried about outliving your retirement savings, clients of my brother and the Farise Group are gonna help you with that. They have over 20 years and a process of working towards success, not stress after retirement. To know how you can truly enjoy a level of comfort, please talk to my brother at the Farise Group. It's www.farisegroup.com. 
That's farisgroup.com, F-A-R-E-S-E. Farise Group, your partner in retirement. When we started, when Leslie and I started representing Mary, uh, we had a problem. And one of the problems that you don't want to have in a criminal case is collateral issues. Mm. There was a collateral issue because who was going to have at least temporary custody of the children? Right. Uh, of course, Mary felt and we felt that the best parties to have temporary custody would be the um, paternal grandfather and his wife. And they were good people and they would take care of the children. And we did that rather quickly. Uh, later, after the trial and after Mary had finished her uh, term, uh, which included uh, going to um, uh, psychiatric type um, therapy, um, my sister Kay, Kay Farise Turner, uh, was working pro bono with us all along yeah. in that case. And we had to, not we, she and Mary had to fight tooth and nail to get the children back, which is understandable. Yeah. Let's double back, though, to, so y'all finished the trial. And I think, like, if, if people didn't know and weren't, like, kind of doing the math in their head, it seemed like she essentially walked, she didn't walk out of there that day, but something akin to that right yeah that's that's correct she had already spent so much time in uh, jail pending bond right uh we did not bail her out immediately because we wanted to have a psychiatric psychiatric evaluation of her mm. wanted to make sure that uh, she was not a danger to herself or others right and then after that we worked on the bond finally got her out on bond and uh, I think she may have walked out that day. Yeah, I, I think there isn't I, there an image of you and maybe Leslie walking out hand in hand well, with her. Well, there are a number of images of that during the trial. So I would have to go back and look. But I know she had to report to a facility for, I believe, another 60 days. Right. And then she was out. <laughs> Dad, I just remembered something. So that episode came out. Of course, my brother, who's a lawyer also, was right there with you the whole time. And he reminded me of a really funny part of this story. So he said the trial ended and y'all came out to do your press interview and all the news trucks are there and all the press is there and that you go up to start your speech and you forgot that your phone wasn't on silent and your phone started to ring and it was the song Bad to the Bone. <laughs> I had forgotten that, and and, and, and that was a a sound bite that Stevie had put on my phone. And uh, but yeah, I had forgotten that occurred. Um, Did you panic? Were you like reaching for it? I I I think I was beyond panic at that point. All emotion was drained. But I I do want to bring up one thing. Okay. Okay. And, and you just reminded me, I was trying a case in uh, Aberdeen, Mississippi, in federal court, and it was a drug case. And in the case, the informant had uh, allegedly gone into uh, the motel room of my client, and there was a business transaction going on. But the television was on. So it was difficult to discern who was saying what. But 
in the middle of their conversation, all of a sudden the Perry Mason theme came on. They were watching Perry Mason and come on and went da 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 da. And the whole jury, the judge, everybody burst out laughing. <laughs> so those things occur. <laughs> These things happen. <laughs> right. Okay, so I just had to say that because he was like, I can't believe Dad didn't talk about that. That was like one of the funniest parts of the whole trial. So I was like, I promise if we revisit, I'll, I'll sneak it in. So y'all get Mary. She gets out. So she goes probably to a, a faci- uh, another facility. After right. This- she goes to another facility that's not in jail. But right. uh, it's an in-house facility. Do you think her? Do you think Matthew's parents, who had her children during the trial and while she was in prison, do you think that they had sort of assumed that, um, kind of, that it they were going to have them no matter what? Well, I think it was probably reasonable for them to assume that. Sure. Uh, they thought she would be sent to prison for a long, long time. Uh, I think the last offer. Uh, we had gotten from the prosecution was 12 years. Uh, of course, in 12 years, your children grow up and and go on with their lives. And uh, I think it was p- uh, perfectly reasonable for them to assume that would be the case. And you can certainly understand their position. Yeah. Yeah. I just because I want to I want to tee up and show like how why it was such a hard case for Kay to go in and have to fight because Obviously, we're dealing with a violent crime, the death of a parent, um, a, a potential kidnapping, you could say, uh, maybe mentally unstable, all kinds of different issues. So I feel like even even myself found it very shocking that they were able to get her her children back. And I was going to say seamlessly, but obviously it's not seamlessly. I don't know. And I don't know the story. I don't know the nitty gritty. So I'm excited to hear it. So how did they like, what was the initial jumping off point? Well, uh, she filed for uh, when I say she, Mary filed through my sister for custody. There was a, a hearing. And of course, remember, this is not the usual jurisdiction that Kay practices in. Mainly it's in Shelby County, Tennessee, or North Mississippi. Um, and nobody knows um, domestic law like Kay. She's sharp as a tack. She's a, uh, a bulldog. And uh, when she sets her mind to something, uh, she doesn't lose mm-hmm. sight of the prize. So there was a long, drawn-out hearing. And, uh, of course, many, uh, as normally uh, happens in court, many uh, incorrect things were stated. Uh, but she was able to win custody. I don't believe they appealed it. Uh, the other side appealed it to the Supreme Court. I could be wrong, but I, I know that she put in pro bono at least a hundred thousand dollars worth of work in it. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Were you there during that? I was those in hearings. I was in one hearing, and um, something was said, and uh, I from the audience said something that probably was inappropriate at the time. No way. But uh, <laughs> what'd you for, say? For, I can't tell you. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it it had to do with uh, uh, an attorney lying oh. about something, and um, uh, I, good for you. I disagreed with that emphatically and and maybe added an inappropriate word 
It just adds a little. I shouldn't have. Add a little spice. I got a hard stare from my sister for that. She's like, I've got it, Steve. Right. I do not need you to make it. I do not need you to make this any harder than it already is going to be. (laughs) Any more difficult than it already is. Just sit down. This is not where you excel. (laughs) (laughs) Keep your hat on, please. Right. So what was their argument? To, well, for her the, not to have the kids. Well, the obvious argument was that uh, she had been convicted of manslaughter and uh, she wasn't the, the proper parent to raise these children. But there's a strong, strong uh, indication in the law in Tennessee, and, and, and I'm not real up to speed on it, that the natural parent is the proper parent for the children. Mm. And, of course, there were, other than the, the terrible act that occurred, uh, there was nothing that, that showed that she was not a good mother, a loving mother, a nurturing mother. And, in fact, she had been, in quotation marks, the mother of the children uh, and had taken care of all of their needs. Right. Wow. And, you know, we talked in the first episode about how the prosecution put their oldest daughter on the stand. And I think you even mentioned that she had sort of gone through like, and of course, I'm saying this loosely a brainwashing, you know. And, you know, it's like one of those things. How do you present it to a child? What what has happened to their father and that their mother might be involved? And so, of course, information things would be convoluted and that they who knows? Who knows what they said and that what the childlike mind does to information given to them to try to cope. But and who, the, and who knows what the intent was? Exactly. It, it exactly. It could have been just to, exactly. That's sure. what I mean. Like, sure. you could. Who knows? But but I mean, one thing is for sure. She was definitely old enough to have awareness of what was going on. Did you ever uh, from Kay or Mary get any indication of what the state of the children was in those early days um, when it was sort of a battle between Mary and the parents of who was going to have custody? Uh, the younger children, of course, wanted their mother. Yeah. Uh, which would be natural to assume. As you said, the older child was um, battling um, different types of information, uh, which is understandable, a tough age anyway. Yeah. Uh, maturing. But the wonderful thing about it is all of the children have excelled since that day. Uh, one of them has gotten a music scholarship to uh, college. Yeah. Uh, another uh, two are very, very active in school sports. Uh, I've seen the children not in the last couple of years, but before then, I'd see them once a year. Yeah, so they they should be um, college age. It seems right. like they are growing up, maybe and, even out, and starting their own lives. So uh, that's a blessing I that rem- that's occurred. I remember seeing them. Sorry to mean to cut you off, but I remember seeing them at uh, Granny's funeral. Did you y- remember that they yeah, came? Yes. Aunt Mary came and she brought the girls and I remember sitting with them afterwards and they were just and just marveling at them because they were so normal. They were so whole, you know, there was no darkness around them energetically. I'm sensitive to those type of things like they really, you know, they looked they were with their mom and happy to be there. And they were so sweet to us and very personable. And that stuck with me. I remember just being like, wow. 
I right. and, can't and believe all you've been through. They had made a long trip, and um, the girls were very loving, very appropriate, very caring, and um, like their mother. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Um, as far as Mary goes, do you do y'all still are you in any type of communication? Oh yes, or? yes, yes. Uh, uh, every every uh, birthday I have, no I hear way. from her. Uh, I ask her to send me pictures of the kids, and she does. She asks about our family, and yes, she's doing well. She's doing well, right? What What's she? And of course, I don't want to invade too much on her privacy. But where? What has she done? Is any things of note that she's done since then? Has she? Did she remarry? Did she? Uh, to my knowledge, as of today, she has not remarried. Uh, I don't want to say what she does for a living sure. or where she lives or any of that. You always have uh, nut jobs out there. Sure. So, uh, but she's doing very well. Yeah. Someone stopped me actually at at the Ole Miss game this past week. And they were like, hey, you know, I love the podcast. Tell your dad I said hi. And they go, that Mary Winkler case, they were like, I've never seen anything like it. And I, again, I was just like, wow, it is one of those things that people still just like grabbed onto. And you, and you know, you watch these things and you don't, you don't have the consideration that there is that, that is the past and that there is a present and a future happening, unfolding for all of these people that were involved. And then, of course, that the, the past plays a huge part in that. But you almost your brain won't let you go past that. And you're and I'm like, there's just obviously so much more that these people have had to go through to get where they're going, right. to where they are and where they're going. You know, a, a lot of that um, people remembering is based upon the the media coverage mm-hmm. that it got which was uh, not just national but international uh, I remember I don't know if Leslie and I were going to the Oprah show or um, to the Today show but one or the other it must have been the Today show because I think we flew private to the uh, Oprah show but we were walking through the airport, and what was this, a week, two weeks after, and people were clapping when we, and, you know, I'd never Whoa. experienced anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Didn't quite know what to, like, huh. to think of. Yeah, what's going on? I was looking around, soon, mm-hmm. and uh, that was the first time I'd experienced anything like that. Yeah. Do you, do you think that there is... um a natural trajectory people who've been convicted of uh, especially violent crimes, but, you know, either serve their time and get off or, you know, get proven innocent in the manslaughter side of things. But do you find there's a trajectory and that, or a cadence that you can see a pattern in for their life afterwards? I, I don't think that so. Makes sense? I, I think, no, it makes perfect sense, but I think it's, uh, up to the individual and how they can handle it. Uh, certainly it is an albatross for them. Uh, some people, like Mary, can hold their head high. Uh, other people uh, have difficulty. Uh, some of them would, of course, like any other human being, turn to drugs or alcohol. But I've seen many, many people convicted of uh, violent crimes. And when I say violent crimes, I'm talking about a violent act that's an aberration for the person. 
Uh, anybody can be pushed into a situation and make bad choices. Now, those people usually can get through with their sentence and get on with their lives. Uh, the people that are have uh, mental issues, uh, people that are just bad seeds. Sometimes there are people out there that have a defect and uh, are homicidal. Uh, those people generally never uh, are able to reintegrate themselves into society. Yeah, it just seems like if you went through something like that in a big trial, that it would be very difficult. Do you, do you find that the people who stay in touch with you have like maybe more of a success or do you, you know what I mean? Like, do you, do you feel like some accountability to them in a way? Lawyers kind of like a dentist or a doctor. Nobody likes to go to the dentist. (laughs) Nobody likes to go to the doctor if he's going to cut on you. After you get through with that process, you generally don't want to see the doctor or dentist again uh, because it brings back bad memories of bad times. And you have to understand that. So normally, if I hear from somebody, of course, I'll hear from them right after we get a favorable verdict. But... Uh, I still hear from Mary's folks from Texas. I get a card, Christmas card every year thanking me. Uh, Of course, I hear from Mary. But the others I hear from, there's usually a gap. And usually that gap's at least five years. Mm. They've gotten out, gotten on their feet. They've become successful in what they're doing or they're happy with what they're doing. And I'll give you a perfect example of that a couple of years ago might have been less, I get a coffee table book in the mail. And it was someone that I had represented on a drug case in Oxford. Uh, I believe a student at that time. And uh, got a good result. And that person sent me this book. And he was writing children's books. Mm. And it was this big book, well-illustrated by the person and it was just great and a note telling how well they're doing and how happy and how good life is those are the things that keep me coming back yeah we've never talked about that before what's the hook for you and and i hadn't really thought about that but yeah i mean other than the obvious uh, the the adrenaline and the wind but maybe there is a little bit of delayed gratification that when you when these people do come through the other side and you get to hear from them and know you had a part in that, that's that would be really special. Doing what we do is a lot like being in a high-stakes sporting event. You don't remember the victories. You remember the losses. Mm. That's, that's what uh, haunts your memories. Um, but, yeah, these, these things that happen afterwards... Uh, where people are able to put their lives back together and become good citizens, help others, be put in a position to help others, uh, that's my payback. Yeah. Uh, it's not money. It's not the uh, high victory, uh, the thrill of victory. It's more the agony of defeat for me. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's, um, it's being in a position to help people. I I heard a comment recently, and I'm sure it was in a sporting event, that pressure is a privilege. 
And it really is. It's mm. a privilege to be able to be put under that pressure and try to perform. Yeah. What's your come down process like? You know, when you are closing the book on something, how long does it take you kind of to let to let things go and sort of allow yourself to move on from something just naturally like it doesn't even have to be like a have you just if you sit here and think about it for a second how long do you feel like it takes you to come down off of it i think that normally if i don't have another case uh very quickly behind the case normally it's at least a 10-day process uh you're not sleeping at night you're running back through uh, you look at see what the newspaper reports say and the TV, which they never get it right. Uh, but you read what they say. You, uh, somebody will say online, uh, hey, they're saying you're a dirty dog. And uh, you get through all that and then you get attached to the next case uh, because preparation is the key. Yeah. And, and you can't prepare the weekend before you have to prepare weeks before do you ever like so with you and Kay since it's you and your sister who are working on the Mary Winkler case was there ever a time that y'all got together and were like we need to celebrate we need to this was like a hard fought victory all around and maybe not like I just meant like go to dinner and like just the two of you like have a glass of wine and be like damn it we We made it (laughs) uh, probably those conversations don't go on in a setting like that they more often go on in the office uh, when you're talking about other things that are coming down the road she's just as busy as we are yeah uh, so yeah we'll talk about it and among ourselves uh, but but not in front of people yeah yeah no I know you wouldn't in front of people that's what that's why I wanted to ask just a brother and sister who are both very very good at what they do and just being able that's probably not something that you've gotten to do before, work with uh, your sister. Well, we we work together. I'll send her cases. She'll send me cases. Uh, and we'll share information. Uh, but recently in, in a case, in a hearing I had last week, she came and sat in on that case. Oh. Um, and um, uh, not as an attorney, but as an observer and advisor to me. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Just a fresh set of eyes, but y'all clearly have brains. Would you say that y'all think similarly I, I or think, see things? I think that, you know, that's that's a great question. Uh, I think Kay may see things more in black and white than I do, which is a great perspective for me to hear because most people think in black and white. Uh, I'm more of a gray area and... She might say, well, you've got a problem here because, and I say, well, that's not really that big a problem because of this. And she said, well, you know, uh, uh, from a legal standpoint, it's a problem. And I say, yeah, I get that, but I can overcome that. Mm-hmm. So uh, she'll point out things to me that she sees that are important. Uh, I'll place them with things that I think are important, and then I try to find a solution. I think the two of y'all might be, especially when you're together, two of the the most interesting brother-sister relationship I've ever seen, just as far as she is such a character and you're such a character. And so when y'all get together, it is like a full-blown TV show and you're both so quick and y'all do cut at each other, but it has like that underlying layer of 
of love and it's really it's really cool to see and y'all both are so youthful with each other y'all I can it's almost like I can see y'all as teenagers whereas you know a lot of times you can't see that in in people when they get older you're you're just like have were you ever a teenager but with the two of you it's like that's all I see I'm like they are still teenagers I'm sure I drove her crazy and (laughs) and John Booth because I wanted to tag along with them wherever they go and uh, of course, back in those days, um, the the difficulty was they were both bigger and stronger. That all came to an end when I got my first BB gun. <laughs> uh, John Booth's crew uh, would usually push me down, not in a violent way, but push me down and run away so I couldn't tag along with them. And one day, one of his friends, Lynn Crum, uh, who's one of John Boo's best friends, uh, they pushed me down, and they went r- running through the back orchard, and we're going to climb over the fence to the next house, Mr. Bright's. And I was probably 50 yards away, but I was a crack shot <laughs> with that BB gun. I mean, I, you're talking about hours and hours and hours of practice. And uh, I gave it a little elevation. Didn't didn't take into account the windage, but I did take into account the elevation and shot just as Lynn. Now, I'm crying at this time. I'm mad crying. Oh, God. Okay, because they pushed me down, and they're not going to let me go. They went one way. I went to the back door to get my BB gun uh, right inside the house. And I hit Lynn right in the, as Forrest would say, buttocks. <laughs> and I heard him say, ow. And I started laughing. Uh, now, I got into a little trouble for that uh, mm. because uh, they ratted me out to mother and dad. They started uh, it. And I tried to appeal to dad. Uh, you know the situation that I wasn't in my right mind and and I was suffering from temporary insanity and there was provocation on their part Uh, I I tried to throw in a little self-defense but I didn't figure that'd work uh, since they were running away but um, I got punished a little for that oh my god do you remember the first time that either Kay or John Booth maybe came and sat in on your trial and if it made you more nervous or if it made they came to support you though no i i don't uh we um routinely will come support another attorney but really and truly i'm not focused on anything outside that rail mm. uh i have to be tied into what's going on uh i can't be uh, oh, I'm going to show off or I'm going to entertain. I have to be plugged into the moment. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Really interesting, Dad. Yeah, anything else extra you wanted to add about the aftermath of the Mary Winkler? Like, we talked a lot about the the news, how the news affected our family during the trial. Um, and I, I personally can't really remember, um, other than obviously feeling a sense of relief, um, that the the questions that have been asked to me at school by teachers and peers and people's parents had been answered and that I felt vindicated <laughs> for you but uh, did the news cycle kind of change when the um when no, the verdict was read no and and it, it's normal you're going to have division sure 
you're going to have people that uh, think she got away with murder. You've got people that are going to say she doesn't, they don't blame her for what she did under that set of circumstances. But you have to remember, and we'll talk about this in the future, I had seen high-profile, dangerous cases, and when I say dangerous, where threats were made. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about one one day about when our office was broken into and things were stolen, Ooh. how death threats were made, how uh, one of uh, our planes was sabotaged, and we'll talk about that someday. So I was pretty well vetted and how these things go. Now, I did carry a gun, Mm -hmm. and Leslie carried a gun. Uh, We did have bodyguards Mm. 24-7. So we we did have that protection so we could concentrate on what we needed to concentrate on. And then when it all ended, did you feel like... Maybe like the did the news kind of change cadence where it was like and other than other than obviously, like we said, the one side of it. But the, did it feel like for you personally, were you kind of like, I don't feel as under attack and threatened? Not not really. When, well, so when did that go? When did that feeling uh, kind of drop? It, for it, us? it it normally takes a, a couple of months for people that are um so involved in their own mind or want to interject their opinion into something that they're not involved in Mm -hmm. uh, for them to go away and find a a new uh, uh, cause. Mm -hmm. So a couple of months. Well, yeah, that is really interesting, though, because I I, like I said, I couldn't really remember on my end when things started feeling normal again. But I guess you were probably protecting me from a lot of that anyway as much as you could well it's it's no need to to worry kids about something that's out of all all of our control exactly right all right guys well that is another episode from us thank you for listening and we'll see you back here next time bye later